I suspect that most of us have heard the story about burning the boats. Now, the reality is we don't know historically when or if this actually happened. The story is sometimes related as happening with the Spanish conqueror of Mexico, Herman Cortez, or sometimes it's associated with Alexander the Great, uh, sometimes it's associated with some other folks. But the idea is that a leader brings his army, he's on a conquest, he puts them all on the boat, he takes them on a long journey to wherever it is that he's going to have his conquest, and he realizes that the, the men are getting a little bit nervous, they're getting a little anxious, and maybe a little bit grumbly. So when they arrive at the shore, he has his men to burn the boats so that they can't turn back. Something like when my mom would drive away when she would leave me for piano lesson. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was a message to me or to my piano teacher, but we knew we were going to have a lesson for 30 minutes, whatever it was going to happen, so we might as well sit down and play some scales. We might as well do it, and mom would be back. Moses and the people of Israel had reached a point of no return. They were leaving what was the known country, the area where they were at least somewhat familiar, the, the area that was inhabited, and they were moving into a wilderness area that they had no knowledge of the area. They didn't know exactly where they would be going. There weren't any convenience stores where they could stop and ask directions. They were going into an area where once they entered, there was no turning back. And in the midst of that point of the journey, God gave the Israelites an unmistakable sign, a visible image of His promised presence. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. It was a reminder to them that God was there. He would lead them. He would protect them. The good news is we have that same promise. When we trust God enough to follow His will. Don't turn back now. God is in the lead. If you want to find God's will for your life, go where He is working. It's one of those foundational questions for most people when they receive the Lord, when, when you followed Him, when you're, you're seeking to do His will. We ask the question, well, how do I know what God's will is for my life? The people of Israel had a very clear answer. Just follow the pillar. The story is found in Exodus chapter 13. We'll pick up the account at verse 20. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By the day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Now theologians through the years have discussed exactly what this pillar might have been. Uh, one consensus is that there was only one pillar. It was by the day in the appearance of a, of a cloud. By night it had the appearance of, of fire. And the reason being that whether it was day or night, you could see it. It was obvious. You couldn't miss it. And there were some practical implications as well. The cloud by day would provide some shade to some protection from the heat of the sun. The, the fire by night would provide some heat. It can get a little chilly in the desert at night. 
And both the cloud and the fire would provide protection from attack. An enemy wouldn't be able to see the nation of Israel in the day. And at night they would have to go through the fire to get to them. However, those reasons were secondary to the main purpose. The pillar was a visible representation of the presence of God. If the people of Israel ever had a question of whether or not God was with them, all they had to do was look up. Which begs the question of why the people of Israel so often through the Exodus experience forgot about God's presence. We might argue, you know, if I had a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night going the direction that I was supposed to go, well, then I could do God's will. Didn't work out that way for the nation of Israel. Uh, They unfortunately strayed from God's will on several occasions through the Exodus experience with the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire right there in front of them. So the visible representation was not as significant as what it represents, that God was there. If they wanted to know which direction God wanted them to go, all they had to do was look at the pillar and follow. Wouldn't it be nice if life was that simple? If we could just follow a cloud and know we were going the right way. Well, again, it wasn't that simple for Israel. But here's the thing. We have the same promise of the presence of God. If you want to know God's will for your life, go where God is. Several years ago, Henry Blackaby wrote a study called Experiencing God. Many of you have gone through that Study, and you'll remember the study was subtitled Knowing and Doing the Will of God. And the study uh, had a thesis that as believers, we often get things in reverse. We, we make our own plans and then we ask God to bless them. And the central idea of the study was to turn that back around. Instead of trying to get God to do what we wanted to do, instead to watch for for where God was working and go join Him. The Israelites had a visible way to do that. Just climb out of the tent in the morning, see where the cloud was headed, and go that way. Now, we may not have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, but we've got something better. When you know Christ God's Spirit dwells in you. We have the Holy Spirit's presence to lead us exactly in the direction God wants us to go. And God is leading you just as surely as He was leading the nation of Israel. What we need to do is simple. We always need to make sure that God is is in the lead. That was a pretty basic principle for the nation of Israel. If the pillar of cloud wasn't in front of them, then they could know they headed the wrong direction. 
The clouds symbolized many things for them, the mystery of God, the power of God, the presence of God, and surely they realized all of that. But there was one thing they couldn't miss. If the pillars going that way, they needed to go that way also. That was significant. As I mentioned earlier in the message, they were entering into a land where there were no roads, there were no paths, there was no map. They had one thing, God to lead them. And they still found ways to get distracted from that. Unfortunately, we do too. Several years ago, my family went to the Houston Space Center. If you ever get a chance to go there, it's a great place. I've got some wonderful things to to see there, especially if you're like me and grew up during the space race and all of that. It's just fascinating what they have there. But one of the things they had, uh, this was back when the shuttle was still flying, and they had a a shuttle simulator. Basically, it was this computer screen that that showed a computer simulator of the shuttle landing. And on that that simulation, they had the heads-up display, you know, the pilots have to, to show them their altitude and whether they were flying straight and all of that. You could go into the simulator and try to land the shuttle. And so I said, oh, I can't pass this up. I've got to do this. So I got in line and was waiting my turn and watched as several people in front of me crashed the shuttle into the Florida Everglades. <laughs> and in watching them, I learned the, the secret. On this, this heads-up display, there were two dots. There was a dot that represented the shuttle. And then there was another dot that represented the correct flight path that would lead the shuttle into a perfect landing. And all you had to do was keep your dot on top of NASA's dot. And as long as your dot was on NASA's dot, you would land perfectly. And and I I sat down and, and I realized that. Now, there was a lot of other stuff going on in the simulation. There were birds flying by and clouds drifting around. And if you watched... The, the runway where you were trying to land the shuttle, it was moving all over the place. It was just going back and forth and up and down. Whereas the dot was staying very, very straight forward. And, and the idea was that the dot was correcting for wind currents and a lot of other things that were being, being simulated. But what was happening with the people in front of me is they were watching the birds and the clouds and the runway going back and forth, and they were trying to follow it as fast as they could. And when they did, their dot would get off of the correct flight plan. So I just ignored everything but the dot, and I successfully landed the shuttle. Now, NASA didn't try to recruit me or anything. I know it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. But I learned a lesson. In life, God gives us a very clear plan. He gives us a dot. And our job is to keep our dot on his dot. But here's the problem. Just like in that simulation, there's all kinds of things that are happening all around us that will distract us from the dot. Bad things happen. A crisis comes up. A difficulty occurs. Whether it's in our life or the life of someone else. And all of a sudden we take our eyes off the dot and we start looking at the crisis. And our focus goes from God's plan to whatever's going on in the difficulty that comes. Or it doesn't have to be something bad. It can be something good. Something wonderful can happen. 
We can have something tremendous happen in our life and all of a sudden our focus goes from God's plan to whatever that wonderful thing is and we're just focusing on that going, wow, that's really great. We've got to go that way. We've got to learn in our life as a believer to stay on the dot. Now, God's given us some great ways to do that. A few weeks back, some of you will remember on Wednesday nights, we went through a study called Jesus Continued. It's a wonderful study about the Holy Spirit uh, by a fellow named J.D. Greer. I encourage you, if you ever get a chance to to read that little book, it's a great study of of, a biblical approach to who the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is in our life. But, But as we worked through that, we saw several ways that God's Holy Spirit leads us as believers. Now, first and foremost, we have the Scripture. We have the Bible. God will never lead you in a way that contradicts what's already in His Word. If you are sensing some leadership in your life and you go to the Scripture and it doesn't fit what the Bible says, then you can know whatever it is that you are sensing is not from God. God will never lead you apart from what He's already said in the Bible. So we have His Scripture to guide us, to keep us on the dot. We have more. The Bible tells us that God gives us gifts. That every believer has abilities and talents and things that God has molded you to do uniquely. Now again, God will never lead us in a way that departs from what the Bible has already said that we're supposed to do. But we can discern where God is leading us very often through the gifts and talents that He places in our life. Do you have an ability to teach? Have you, have you noticed in your life that you just have a unique talent to, to teach people about things? Well, guess what? God probably wants you teaching somewhere. Do you have an ability to notice when people are hurting and to step in and help them? Do you just When you see someone that's hurting, do you just have that calling, that, that passion of, of seeking some way to help them? And then you've noticed that when you do, you actually are successful in helping them. Well, guess what? God wants you out there ministering to the hurting people that are around you. God leads us through the gifts and the talents and the unique ways that He has created us. God leads us through what we might call holy ambitions. He places those passions in your heart. Things that that you just can't get out out of your mind, that you just can't stop thinking about, that, that you know they need to happen, you know it's something that's good, and you look at the Bible and sure enough it's what the Bible says should happen, and you just can't stop thinking about making that happen. Well, guess who's putting that there? God leads us through those passions. We had a wonderful demonstration of that a couple of weeks ago when we had the next steps presentation, and we prayed about that for a couple of weeks, and then you had the survey, and, and now 140 of you have filled out those surveys, and, and, and you've said, you know, yes, I, I, can, I can pray for the church. Yes, yes I, can, I can be on the, the welcome team. I can, can be an usher. I can, can be a greeter. I can teach a new Sunday school class, because as you prayed through that, you began to see, well, you know, this is something that God's given me a passion about doing. Or, or put another way, what is there that in, in, deep down in your heart, you really wish National Heights would do? What ministry is there that, that you just really long for National Heights to accomplish? Well, guess what? God's not just calling National Heights to do that. He's calling you to do that. 
God leads us through those, those holy ambitions that he places on our heart for us to do. God leads us through the counsel of fellow believers. Now, again, it's always vital that we check what people tell us with the Bible. God's never going to lead us to do something that's not already in his word that doesn't fit what he's already said in, in the scripture. So always be sure as you're listening to counsel and advice to be sure that that advice fits what the Bible already said. But, but God absolutely uses the counsel of, of fellow believers. It's, it's one of the great reasons to be a part of a church family to gather together on a regular basis and encourage each other in the Lord, to build each other up, to help one another find those areas where God is leading us to serve Him. God leads us through the counsel of fellow believers. God leads us through our circumstances. As windows open or, or doors close, God guides us in the path that He wants us to go. Now, one little asterisk here. Just because there's an obstacle in the path doesn't mean that's the way that God is leading you. There's some pretty big obstacles in the wilderness experience. Some things that the people had to get through so they can make it to the promised land. Or look at the life of Paul. Paul experienced all kinds of obstacles in his ministry, but he knew exactly where God was leading him to share the gospel with the Gentiles. And God led Paul through circumstances. You read through his missionary experience, you'll, you'll see those times when, when Paul is praying and, and God prevents him from going one way, so he goes another as God directs him through those open windows and open doors. There are many ways that God leads us, and that's what we have to realize. Even though we don't have a visible cloud that when we walk out the door this morning and go to our cars, there won't be a pillar of fire by our car door just waiting for us to get there to lead us where God wants us to go. That might happen, but I don't think it will. But what I do know is going to happen is if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, when you leave this place, God's Holy Spirit will be with you. As you go to work tomorrow morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's Holy Spirit will go with you. As you go in your neighborhoods, as you go in your school, as you go wherever you go, God is going to be there and God is going to be leading. He'll be leading through His Word. He'll be leading through circumstances. He'll be leading through the holy ambitions He places in your heart. He'll be leading through the gifts and talents that He gives you. He'll be leading in all kinds of wonderful ways, but you can be absolutely sure that God is leading you. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord... With all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Stay on the dot. Trust God in everything, and He will make your paths straight. Heavenly Father, we need your leadership. We need your guidance. We want to do your will. God, you have provided something miraculous, something amazing. You've given us your Holy Spirit. So, Heavenly Father, help us to trust you 
to follow your leadership in our life, to watch for those places where you are at work and go and join you. so that you will make our path straight. Help us even today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.